Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. I'm going to read to you from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. And uh, some of the most powerful verses in the Word of God. And I want to read them to you tonight in our Christmas lead-up Friday night. So let me just read it to you. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For under us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. What an incredible night 2,000 years ago when the Bible tells us that Jesus was born. But prior to his birth, let me just go back a bit, there was a young girl who was just in her teen years, betrothed to be married, but who the angel of the Lord appeared to and said, you are going to conceive by the Holy Spirit, Mary, and you're going to give birth to a son, and his name shall be Emmanuel, God with us. And I love the story in God's word of this young teenage girl who really betrothed and now being told she's going to be pregnant would be ostracized by her family, her community. You could be killed for such a thing 2,000 years ago. Yet this young girl says to the angel of the Lord, be it done according to your word. Oh my gosh. Was she a legend? You need to get her on the youth team, Davinia. So Mary was open, teachable, and correctable. And it reminds me, everybody, this Christmas, listen to this. God always turns up where he finds humility and a pure heart. God always turns up where he finds humility and a pure heart. What is a pure heart? I didn't say a perfect heart. I didn't say a perfect heart. I don't think there is any perfect hearts. But... The Bible really teaches us that Mary was pure in heart. That means there was no motive there, no agenda there of her own. She was just open to do what God wanted her to do. If you want God to turn up in your life, just be there open for God to do what he wants to do and choose humility. What does that mean? That means where you take the posture of a servant, not just with your body, but with your heart. And you're like, God, I want to be your servant. I want to, I want to play my part in your kingdom with great, uh, with great humility. And God says, that person, that heart, I want to use and I want to raise up. And I want to encourage you, you can be greatly used by God. When you say, Jesus, help me to humble myself. doesn't mean think less of yourself. It just means think a little bit, think, think about yourself less. Take myself out of my thought and put Jesus in the middle of it. So Mary and Joseph are on their way to Bethlehem. The Bible says all the, everywhere you could stay to give birth to a baby, full house. No room anywhere for them to stay. They've been shut out. But God's got another plan. Because there was put out a decree to kill all the male children. It's amazing how every time God gets ready to do something incredible, the devil is after 
the deliverer that God is about to raise up. Don't be surprised then, everybody, if God's hands on your life, that the enemy comes to attack you. He, he comes to wipe out the deliverers. Everybody who God uses, usually there's been a great attack over your life. And the enemy comes to attack. I, remember, I still remember Sue and I were having challenges, having uh, children, and we had an ongoing issues, and, and they were always pretty negative. And so by the time we had our second son, which was Nathan, Sue and I were really kind of just in shock for about a year that we finally had a second son. And uh, especially the original doctors, they were just, Sue had lost half her reproductive system. She'd nearly died in surgery. It was, it was like just so negative and so horrendous. And then, uh, and then we're in London and then Sue suddenly wanted her chips with curry sauce on the top of the chips. And I just went, you don't like curry sauce and you want curry sauce. And I went, she couldn't be, no, no, in my head because she was the other half of the door knocking evangelism team. <laughs> and then Sue uh, went to the doctor. She was taking Nathan for a little, he had a little chesty cough or something. And I'll never forget, the doctor just called me in from the waiting room. I'd just gone to the shop. I was just going to, she was going in. I was going to just pick up and go home. Doctor said, you need to come in. You need to sit down. And I was like, and he said, down, what's wrong with him? She said, no, just sit down. She was so really, and, but the more she was trying to sit me down, the more stressed I was getting because it just seemed really weird. No, I just need you to sit down. And I was like, why do you need me to sit down? I just need you to sit. And I'm like, what for? Anyway, and then Sue's just sit down. And I could see Sue look stressed and the doctor looks stressed. And I'm thinking, what is happening here? And then she said, I just need to let you know your wife's 11 weeks pregnant. And I went, which wife? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, we can't, we don't have kids. What are you talking about? She said, your wife's 11 weeks pregnant. I went, huh? Like, we gone from naught to three. I was now saying to God, thank you, we're healed. That's enough, amen. <laughs> thank you for your healing. But I don't forget with Geordie, right, who just was up here before, you know, who's become such a great leader and a great man of God in his own right and a great preacher. And the first thing she said to me was, do you want me to arrange your termination? That was the first thing she said. Not congratulations. Not, wow, not, she went straight there and then Sue and I together at the same moment. No! <laughs> And I just saw her go through the back, back wall of uh, her surgery in London. But that was fine. You know, there was a, even there, there was some kind of spiritual thing. Wipe him out because he would have such influence with youth and kids. Don't be put off when attack comes. But I've discovered this too. God will hide you from your enemies. God will hide you from your enemies when you're serving him. God's hands on your life, and you're like, Lord, lead me and guide me. God said, don't worry, there's no room at the end, but I've got a manger over here for you, a feeding trough for animals, but it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Give birth to Jesus there. God will hide you from your enemies. Actually, some of you right now, you don't even realize the only reason you're alive right now in this service is because God hid you. Some of you, the only reason some of you are alive is because God hid you. The enemy tried to take you out, try to get rid of you, try to, you know, actually physically take you out, but knock you down, discourage you, whatever. And God said, no, I'm hiding you. He says, you're gonna, I'm going to hide you in me. I'm going to hide you in my kingdom. And then I'm going to, in time to come, I'm going to use you. Powerfully in Jesus' name. God will hide you when, you're on, when he's got a mission for you to do. Where's all the people who are on mission for Jesus? 
Come on, who, who, who knows you got a mission? Come on, who knows you got a mission? The Bible says in Isaiah, we just read, it said, for unto us a child is born. For unto us, for unto us. Listen, everybody, God didn't exclude you. He didn't say, I'm coming to be born for the holy people. I'm coming to be born for the religious people. I'm coming to be born for the people who do what I want them to do. The Bible doesn't say that. It says, for unto us, unto us, unto us, unto you, unto you, unto you, a child is born. So you need to know he's come for you, everybody. Jesus has come for you in your life. And, uh, and the Bible says a son is given. God has given his son to you. God has given his son to you. God is like, here's my son. Here's my son. I'm giving him to you. And he's going to die on a cross, give up his life. But I'm sending him. I'm giving him, listen, for you. Because I love you. 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 This is the God that we serve. I want to encourage everybody. God wants us to get wisdom from his word that this is not about special a fire off people, selected people. This is about you. You are part of us. Who's us? Humanity. And Jesus saying, God's saying in his word, I want you to get wisdom about this because when you get wisdom, which is the key thing, you're going to flourish in your life. Let me read Proverbs 4 for you. Wisdom is the principal thing, everybody. Therefore, get wisdom. Why are some people broke all their life? No wisdom. Why are some people repeating what their parents and grandparents did that doesn't work? No wisdom. Why do some people always just go around in a big circle? Their life just is, it's just this circle. It's the same old, same old. What's that movie, Groundhog Day? Some of you right here, your life is Groundhog Day. Just starts over again. Why is that? No wisdom. So the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Get understanding. One of the best things you can do is be in God's house and get around people who got some wisdom now. <laughs> if you, have you been with people who, you know, their, their life's not working? Sometimes you just got to change your circle of friends. You got to get somebody who's successful single as a Christian. Let me get around you. Get, can you just rub some of your wisdom on me and help me get some understanding because I haven't got it? How did you go from being broke to now prospering? Can I just get around you? Can I just hang out with you? Can I take you for a coffee? Actually, can I take you for lunch? <laughs> and can you just give me, I need understanding. See, we got to get around people who've been walking with this Savior, who've been walking with this Son, because when we do, listen, you're going to get understanding. And then look what happens, verse 8. Exalt her wisdom, and she'll promote you. Exalt her wisdom. Did you notice in the Bible that wisdom is female? <laughs> Girls, that was your moment. <laughs> in the Bible, wisdom is female. It says, exalt her, she'll promote you. Listen. When you lift up wisdom and you make wisdom your goal, listen, you'll be promoted. You'll be promoted. You'll be promoted in your relationships. 
My, my, my whole childhood was filled with dodgy people. Anybody? <laughs> Some of you are saying, that's my life right now. <laughs> my whole childhood was filled with dodgy people. It just was, everybody was dodgy. And then I get saved, and I start walking with the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, I want to grow in wisdom. i got to get around some people with understanding. Suddenly, God started putting people in my life who no longer were coming by the flesh, but were like coming by the Spirit, by His design to me. And I'm like, you hanging with me? And they're like, yeah, let's hang out. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> and then they're hanging out with me, and then I'm, oh, I was just getting around. And all these wise people started coming around my life, listen, as I began to seek the principal thing. And actually, wisdom is firstly God. But I'm seeking the principal thing, and then God begins to give me understanding. And listen, then promotion begins to come. You can't get wise and get understanding of every friend you got is in problems like you. Some people just, here's what a lot of people do. <laughs> they, a lot of people like having friends who got more problems than them. There's a lot of people, I love people who got, a lot of people, I love people who got more problems than me. Because when I hang with them, I feel good. <laughs> like I'm broke. No, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about people. <laughs> like I'm broke and I got issues, I got problems. But when I hang with you, I feel great. <laughs> that's why some people get around people who are going ahead in life and then they've got to go back to the church that's got 30 and 40 and it's just starting and usually it attracts everybody who's broken, you know, because I've got to get around those people because I feel uncomfortable with anybody who's going forward. And then they've got to find the church. They're starting out, the broken, the small, they've got to go back because it's too uncomfortable being around. Listen, if you're going to go forward, wisdom is uncomfortable. You're going to grow. Wisdom's uncomfortable. You're going to get around wise people. They're uncomfortable. Get around wise people. There's something out of them that's like, well, a bit uncomfortable. Why? Because it's new. We don't like new. We like what we know. It's amazing how many of us from crazy backgrounds, we, we like crazy just because it's what we know. But we're sick of it. When you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, ring me. <laughs> when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, talk to us. Because a whole lot of us came from sick and tired, but we ain't there now. We're not there now. Not there now. Not because of us, because of him. But they're going, I got to get around. I got to exalt this wisdom thing. I got to get around the wise. Because then I'm going to get promoted. God's going to promote me. Life's going to promote me. Last bit of that was she'll place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Love that. So you got to get wisdom, everybody. Get wise. Get wise about the Christmas story. I love it. All the little nuances of the Christmas story. The fact that Jesus, the baby Jesus, is born in a manger, a feeding trough for, for animals, cattle. And he's born in Bethlehem. Like it's like Bethlehem. Bethlehem's kind of like the place you kind of just, hey, there's Bethlehem, keep going. <laughs> it's kind of like where some of us grew up. 
<laughs> I went back to the house I grew up in in the Bronx in Sydney, and I went to the street and went, there it is, let's go. <laughs> there ain't nothing there worth seeing. But sometimes we've got to look again in kingdom things because Bethlehem, though it was small, wasn't much, the Bible tells us that Jesus being, being born there, that it was not an accident. It was God's plan. And listen, everybody, Bethlehem means this. It means house of bread. Jesus was born in the house of bread. Why? Because God was trying to let us all know. Bread at the time, it's a staple. It's the mainstay in the diet. It's one of the main foods that you would have. And he was letting us all know, give up now trying to satisfy yourself. Give up trying to satisfy your hunger. You've been, I've been born in the house of bread because I actually am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. <laughs> Jesus is saying, I'm going to be your sustenance. I'm going to feed you now. I'm going to fill you up. All the things that you've tried to fill up your heart and your life with, I'm going to fill you up in Jesus' name. And uh, he's saying, come to me and you'll be satisfied. Come to me and you'll be filled. Come to me and I'll fill you up on the inside. And those empty cravings that you're like, oh my gosh, I feel empty. God says, I want to fill that up. When you get with me and you get in my house and you get in my word and you get in my prayer and you get in worship, I'm going to fill you up. Jesus being born on earth, it looked like not much. He's been born in some feeding trough in Beth. Beth, where are we again? <laughs> Bethlehem. Yet, in heaven and in eternity, it was spectacular. On earth, it didn't look much. But in heaven and in eternity, it was spectacular. This was the moment where God's only son was born on earth to come and live as a man, to go through what every human, the worst of humanity Jesus went through. But it was spectacular and he was doing it because, listen everybody, firstly, he is the mighty God. The Bible doesn't say he's one of the gods. In Isaiah it says he is the mighty God. He is the mighty God. You need to know that your God is powerful. I've been serving this God for 40 years now, and He is mighty and powerful. He's able to save. He's able to heal. He's able to change. He's able to free. He's able to restore. <laughs> he is mighty. You need to know God's supernatural, everybody. I remember going to a cult convention years ago with Pastor Luke. And we went to the convention and they were doing testimony time. And everybody in this cult in Perth, everybody, when they were doing testimonies, they just said they died. And they died. Luke and I sat there for a while. And then they, they got sick and then they died. Then this happened, then they died. I was like, Luke, <laughs> what's happening here? This is testimony time. So many of us see so many people get touched and get healed. So people who this couldn't, didn't happen. The doctor said, no way. Jerry and Sue, no way with the kids. And God goes, no, three. 
No way can that happen. And I want to encourage you that the mighty God, when it says mighty, it's not to be poetic. Oh, what a poetic term for God, mighty. No, if you can't see any might, you can't see any power, you can't see any supernatural, you got the wrong thing, people, because the mighty God changed me. <laughs> He's the everlasting Father. Boy, we need the everlasting Father. You had a good dad, thank God for him. If you had a good dad, thank God for your dad. But I want to encourage you, however good your dad was, Jesus is a billion times better. And he's everlasting. And he's going to, fathers are meant to guide you. They're meant to come alongside you. They're meant to affirm you, love you, stand with you, um, you know, encourage you. This is the God that we serve, everybody. And uh, Jesus is is the Father who will be with you through the storms of life. You know, Jesus' coming was outrageous too because he was also coming to say, you can't save yourself. Jesus was coming to say, you can't save yourself. Listen, Jesus was coming to say to all the gurus, all the demigods, <laughs> all the small gods, small g, all the religious, he was coming to say, listen, you guys have tried your best. Some of you are praying five times a day. Some of you are doing this. Some of you are dressing like this. Some of you are doing that. You're doing the other thing. And he's coming to say, hey, listen, all your feasts, all your tricks, everything you've done hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. You can't be holy. You can't be holy. I When I travel uh, over the years on, uh, you know, when I've done international travel, sometimes I've sat next to different business people from different nations and in different religions and they're like they start opening up and telling me oh I'm actually this religion but really I'm off meeting my girlfriend and I'm like oh is that you're not married oh no I'm married too and you're like but you go to the temple or the, the and they're like yeah so many of them on planes they start all the business they start chatting with you and telling you this I know I pour it out to me but they start telling me and then uh and I realize again, it doesn't matter where I go in the world, when people are trying to be holy, trying to be good, trying to get to God through their own works, they all fail. They all fail. They say to me, what do you do on the flight? I say, I work for one of the world's largest international companies that deals with people from birth to death involving some of the most important issues of life and actually then on into eternity. And they go, oh my gosh, what's that? What is that? I go, it's called the church. <laughs> okay, everybody who's trying to get to heaven by what you do, how you dress, how you look, how many times you pray a day, how good you are by being righteous. Let's read the scripture together. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Okay, leave that there. 
Here's all the people who love doing works to get to heaven. Not of works. One more time. Not of works. One more time for everybody. Not of works. Your five times a day prayer ain't working. For your eternal life, it'll help with your relationship if it's from the heart. But the Bible says, lest you should boast. If, if you could be saved by what you do, you'd be able to boast. And that's, why, that's why Jesus came, because he knows we, we're, we're, we'd be doing all these works, and then what would we do? All the works, and then guess what we do? We just get a religious pride. Yeah. If they were as holy as me, they'd be going to heaven too. Because all the things I do, we go straight to pride. Religious work, straight to pride. And then Jesus says, no, nah, none of works. Stop your boasting. Because that's got nothing to do with your salvation and eternal life. It's got nothing to do with your salvation and eternal life. Nothing. Nothing. For by grace, go back. By grace, you are saved. What's grace? Unmerited favor. God's riches at Christ's expense. Unmerited favor. What does that mean? That means favor you do not deserve, did not deserve. You don't deserve it. But Jesus says, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Because I love you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. It doesn't say... Whosoever does heaps of works, does all the righteous things, wears the right clothes, turns up at the right time, prays five times a day. Jesus said, no, no. It's a gift of, from God. It's the grace of God. Listen, when you have the grace of God, everybody, you can't help but want to love Jesus and walk with Him. I don't walk with Jesus because I have to. I walk with Him because of the grace of God on my life. Favor I didn't deserve, God poured it out on me anyway. For grace you have been saved through faith. You've got to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Not of yourself. It's a gift from God. You can't boast. And that's why your works won't do it because we could be so filled with pride. Look what I did. Look how I wear. Look how I pray. And God says, that's none of it. Pray because it's a relationship. Pray because it's your heart. I was praying this morning, walking on the beach path, doing my prayer walk and praying and saying, Lord, thank you. You love me. Thank you for saving me, God. Thank you for your goodness, God. Jesus, you're amazing. I love you. And I'm walking along. It's all from the heart. And none of it has anything to do with my salvation. You, Many of you will be working still, trying to get God to like you. I'm not working for none of that. He likes me no matter what. And He saved me by His grace, not by my works. Last couple of thoughts. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. You know the word peace is in the Bible? It's like 430 times. Everybody's trying to get peace. We try it in so many ways, but nobody's peaceful. You know, there's diff three different kinds of peace. Spiritual peace, emotional peace, Relational peace, you know, financial peace. Uh, Martin Luther King said, peace is not merely a distant goal that we seek, Martin Luther King Jr. said. 
but a means by which we arrive at the goal. God's got a goal for your life. He's got a destination for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. But He wants you to walk in, hello, His peace. Many have tried rain music at night. You got into bed, you got your cup of cocoa, rain music coming on. <laughs> that didn't do it. You got your harp music is next. The harp's coming on. Then you've got birds. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Will this bring me peace? That's not working. <laughs> then you moved on to drugs, alcohol. I need peace, I need peace. Did it bring peace? And then the Bible says, oh yeah, by the way, when Jesus comes, now He's born, just so you know, He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Just so you know. In all your drugs, all your harp music, all your, all your dolphin music to get to bed, all your hot cocoa, all your rain music, all your alcohol, all that you're looking for, uh, just so you know, the Bible says, uh, Jesus, uh, He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.